Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And welcome to the Doug and Dave Intel Report, which really has become our most popular segment. It's just incredible how well received it is. And thank you so much for your great feedback. We have Doug Thornton with us, obviously. And we're going to be talking primarily about Canada and Russia and false flags and uh, hip, hip, <laughs> hypocrisy. Uh, communism. We're, we're going to hit it all, folks, because we've never lived in a time like this, at least not in my lifetime. But first, I need to let you know we have two sponsors for this segment, and they fit together. You need food and you need water. Preparewithdave.com, MPS-oriented. That's going to get you the 30-day food. 30 days? No, it doesn't last 30 days. It lasts 25 years. Now I got your attention, don't I? 2,000 calories per, absolutely 2,000 calories per day. It tastes good. I've tasted this. And they've got specials on the four-week and 90-day. And you really need to look at this and stockpile your order so you get the savings all the way through. How much should you buy? As much as you can afford. I'm, I'm being very serious. Because there'll be a time when you're going to wish you were totally outside the system. And that also applies to water. And water is susceptible to grid down. It's susceptible to other pressures as well. And you can't really store enough water to match your food supplies. So you're going to have to scavenge. And to do that, you need water filtration and the Alexa Pro, Pure, Alexa Pro Pure Water Filter. This is actually where you want to be. It's absolutely fantastic. They've got research at waterwithdave.com that shows you how they compare. And you can go out and scavenge. Swimming pools, lakes, ponds, streams, rain runoff. Uh, the Naval War College says on the fifth day of a conflict, of a crisis, waterborne illnesses become the number one cause of death. Water and food goes together. Preparewithdave.com, waterwithdave.com, and it fits together. And I'm telling you, you really are going to be sorry if you don't get outside the system. Even if we avoid war with Ukraine in the moment, do you think the globalists are going away? They want you. They want your kids. They want your soul. They want your spouse. It's that simple. Well, Doug Thornton's with us, and we got a lot to talk about. Doug, welcome to the show. And uh, I was telling you in our pre-air, I have never seen a time like this. I've been contributing to the alternative media, uh, starting out as a writer 19 years ago, and then working on this as a, uh, a broadcaster since 2007. So that, what is that, 15 years? My goodness gracious, where does the time go? Anyway, um, really glad to be with you, and uh, welcome. Dave, thanks for having me. Uh, as we were talking about before we got on there, um, I think we live in very prophetic times right now. And as Americans, we tend to view the world through a narrow scope as typically, you know, what is it is what is it that's happening to me in America is the only thing that really applies even biblically. What happens around the world applies to us. And that's why we should be watching like our friends in Canada and uh, like the growing potential conflict still uh, that I think is still there uh, between Ukraine and Russia and NATO. And, you know, let's just uh, let's go ahead and and talk about Canada. Yeah, let's break it down. I have never seen a politician become so close to King Ahab of the <laughs> old Bible as I have with Justin Trudeau. Now, Justin Trudeau is a coward, slimy, lizard-like person 
looks very much like Fidel Castro. I love that conspiracy theory. Well, I was going to say, he's the Castro of the North, and the fruit doesn't fall very far from the tree, my friend. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's he, a he lot is, of... He is Castro's bastard son, let's be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors. If you look at the side-by-side pictures from the nose to the eyes, oh, my Lord, they <laughs> it looks like he, he, he looks just like his daddy, let's say that. Yeah, but that's not the body part that makes him most like Castro, and I'll just leave it at that since it's a family show. But I, I, I am convinced from what I've read, he is the bastard son of Fidel Castro. Well, you know, he's acting just like him. He, he's He's gone completely tyrannical with this emergency act. Now... The emergency act that he uh, that he enacted yesterday was something that is used to be able to not only force conscript Canadian citizens into the will of the uh, of the prime minister. By that I mean he was telling the tow truck drivers that he was going to force conscript them into service, and that if they did not abide by him that he'd have them arrested or their companies fined. I mean, you can't you can't say that's not dictator-like. And to go along with that, this whole emergency act that he's using was originally created uh, back around, you know, the, the 9-11 time frame. And it was used to be able to stop funding and to reallocate sources within the federal government of Canada and their law enforcement agencies uh, to pinpoint on terrorism for Al-Qaeda. So that is what he is now using for the Freedom Convoy. And I heard the deputy prime minister, this lady who, uh, now that she's the number two person in Canada, used to work for, I think, the Wall Street Journal, as a reporter, and she's actually married to a journalist, I think, at the New York Times, if I have that correctly, uh, which it just goes to show you how how ingrained, and Tucker Carlson talked about this tonight, it shows you how ingrained the media is uh, that's there in Canada. And they, they have a very communistic-like style media. Uh, the media is all ran by the government, much like China. And what the deputy prime minister was saying that the emergency act that they're using is going to be able to stop crowdsource funding for the freedom convoy and target these sites and then target the people distributing the money and freeze the money in any allocations i have a question what if the people sending the money are americans well i mean there's probably people from around the world who are doing this but outside canada is what i'm asking uh probably what are they saying they're going to do uh, right now, I don't know outside of Canada, but Justin Trudeau did say that this is a lesson to be learned. He said that a while ago. What the hell that does that mean? It, if you cross Justin Trudeau, he will use the full weight of his power within the head of the government. Well, to Doug, come I, I got to correct one thing here. He doesn't have these emergency powers. He's making them up. This is the problem, is that, and much like America... We go outside the realm of the Constitution, and you become authoritative. You can just start arbitrarily making up laws and your rules, you know, rules for thee, not for me. And you can target your political party's uh, dissenters. You can target your political enemies. And that is what's happening. And he says it's a small minority of people. Justin Trudeau, when the 
embodiment of Canada rises against you. It's no longer a small group of people. The only small group of people that are within his realm are the other politicians who are feeling the heat from the constituents who are soon going to be, I guess, uh, abdicated from their thrones of power. And they are fearful of that, much like our politicians here in the United States. There's a lot of similarities there. Anytime they fear that they're going to lose power, they uh, become a little bit of out, of out of control and drunk on power. And that's exactly what we're saying. But what are the final repercussions of this? I don't think I really don't think the Freedom Convoy is going to stop. I think it will it will migrate into other realms. I think it will uh, mature and mutate into various different degrees of uh, peaceful protesting, which, you know, it should be uh, purportedly so that you should want peaceful protesting. Since all this has occurred, not one building has been burned down, not one store has been looted, not one person has been assaulted, not one cop has been pelted with bricks or Molotov cocktails, such as myself, and not one police cruiser flipped over and burned down. And the media and political elite are calling the truckers the terrorists. The terrorists, the word terrorist, is being completely abused at this point. And it's much like the, quote, insurrectionists from January 6th. You have political, you have people in political power, who's, who fear for themselves, not for the country that they serve. That's the problem with, I guess you could say, uh, how do I say this? It's the problem with Western-style democracy that Vladimir Putin pokes and makes fun at, but he is accurate when he says it. Yeah, our form of democracy is kind of false. Because the democracy only works as long as we, the people, can tell those that we implore to be put into a, a position of power what we want them to do. And when they don't do what we want, we can then vote to take them out of power. But that's not what we see now within Western-style government. Yeah, not anymore. You see a form of a – how would you say this, Dave? A peaceful dictatorship within a realm of you know dozens to hundreds of people instead of one – uh, monarchy. We have an oligarchy of politicians, and that is what we're dealing with now. And and you know what? That's the one good thing about the whole COVID thing is that it has really exposed how evil a lot of these people are, how diabolical they are, and how much they're not on your side. <laughs> um, I, th I say it's a... Uh... A sham of a republic form of democracy everywhere and uh, they pretend you have rights until your rights get in the way of their agenda well that's true let's let's take a history lesson from Thomas Jefferson when he talked about the two enemies of the people that are criminals and government and he said so let us tie the second down with the chains of the Constitution so that the second will not become the legalized version of the first that, even though it was like well over 200 years ago, almost 300 years ago, still pertains today. Because even though we are a more modern society with modern gadgets and, and cool toys and people live a little bit longer, human society really hasn't changed. And personality 
of of evil people haven't changed either. No. If anything, it's grown worse because the element of control is actually uh, vastly superior now than it was back whenever the uh, framers of the Constitution were fighting uh, their own rebellion. We have people who are subservient to the system, to the government, to the taxes, to the internet, uh, to the social media platforms, and we can't find a way to unplug ourselves. And what you found with the Freedom Convoy were people who quit their jobs, they you know, sold their possessions, got in their trucks, and not just truckers, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, there were cowboys on horseback. They had the entire tractor convoy, which me being a farm kid, that's, that's, a, that's a cool thing for me to see. You know, it's a, it's a powerful movement when people cry for freedom and they resist tyranny. And what we thankfully have seen is the peaceful way to do this. But yet, you know, let's beat a dead horse a couple more times, Dave. 2020, back to 2016, in between there, when Donald J. Trump was president of the United States, everyone and their mother, literally the mothers, went out and joined Antifa, to include Justin Trudeau, who walked with Antifa and BLM, who knelt with them. Uh, Justin Trudeau wants to label you know, Freedom Convoy people as terrorists, but yet he actually awarded $10 million or more to an actual terrorist who killed a sergeant within their military. We are talking about things that aren't normal within society. And even though our peaceful neighbors of the North, typically, you know, laughably peaceful people, and not to be disrespectful, we just, you know, they're, they're extraordinarily uh, peaceful people. They have said enough. Now, it's bad whenever you have to uh, I guess you could say you had to pick off the Canadians to finally get out and try to overthrow their government, and they did it the peaceful way. But that's the amazing part about it. They just got in their trucks, and they just disrupted uh, a bridge like Martin Luther King did. They just disrupted the downtown areas like BLM did, but no destruction happened. You know, There was no race baiting. They were out there praying. They were out there openly singing songs and praying in public. You know, they... Man, the things that were said about, uh, were, that were said to me from Antifa and from a bunch of these other people who joined the BLM group, you know, which is just a smorgasbord of people, were grotesque, completely yeah. un-American, and that's not what you saw in Canada. So what I hope goes further is that when the Freedom Convoy starts in America, and when it the you know when the real when the wheels really start to get up and going, that we continue to see the pace of peaceful freedom and peaceful demonstration like Canada did. Because right now, as long as they're peaceful, Dave, the false flag is hard to plant on them. As long as they're peaceful, and I, and I, you know, I, I don't mean to say this to interrupt uh, the mindset of Americans, but how many people were showing up with their guns, you know, in their full combat apparel, uh, you know, trying to pick fights with people and it look for anyone who's a who's a patriot for anyone who has witnessed these events it's not just antifa picking fights with people all right both sides were doing it i was right there in the middle of it for four years straight i arrested both groups and what i saw happening in canada is what i wish i saw from americans because they're leading the way when it should have been us doing it now we're being taught a lesson 
of how to how to protest i would say correctly for the times now dave that's only for these times when this government becomes authoritative to the point that it becomes cruel even though it's already cruel because of how many people have lost their lives from suicide how many people have lost family members you know how many people have lost their businesses which has destroyed careers it has uh, you know divorced families it's done all types of horrific things to the citizens but they continue to be peaceful and if this atrocity continues to become more egregious and more aggressive towards their citizens well then you can probably expect a similar forceful response from your people you know it's it's a i guess i can i can go about it a law enforcement way it's a force on force kind of thing if i punch you i expect you to punch me if i push you i expect you to push me if I tackle you to the ground, I expect we're going to roll on the ground. We're going to wrestle a little bit. I don't expect me just to walk over and push you to the ground and you just cower. Uh, thankfully, that's not what we're seeing, but that's what he wants. And that's what this whole this whole uh, emergency powers act that he's doing is about. It's so that he can get back at people who stuck their finger in his eye, who made him look like the big, you know, feminist, Nazi, racist loser that he is. Because that dude is straight up racist. Uh, and he doesn't care, Dave. He 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 worships China. How many different videos have we had to see how he has said that he admires the dictatorship of China? He sees himself as a peaceful dictator. And here's the one thing about all dictators. Even if they start off peaceful, the end goal are citizens of body bags every time. Well, body bags in the face of resistance, I would agree. I totally agree. Um, Trudeau is exposed. He governs by staying behind the scenes, and he lets his lackeys carry out, you know, his his edicts in the past. And this goes down to their equivalent of state and county government. And Canada goes by different names, but that's the level that Americans can relate to. But now he's getting resistance from some of these lackeys, isn't he? Yeah, he is. And this is a quote from him. Let me see. Uh, okay. He said, it is important for Canadians to know that there will be consequences for those breaking the law and those supporting those breaking the law. What do you think about that? Well, I think he should change the words if he's going to be honest. Not breaking the law, but defying me. What he's basically saying is you have no rights. Shut up and get in line. At that point in time, today, you no longer have a prime minister. You have a dictator. What Justin Trudeau does tomorrow is going to signal to the rest of the world the pace that Canada is on. If Justin Trudeau tomorrow does not reverse what he did today, if he does not stop the tactics that he is using against his own civilians, his own his own citizens, Justin Trudeau will become one of very few countries around the world who has a living dictator. And that's what he will be. He will be a dictator. If you look at the definition of it, I mean, I can pull it up right now and read it, but if you look at the definition of a dictator, he is using the power of the military, the power of law enforcement, the power of fear, 
and he is not abiding by their own laws or their own constitution, he has completely subverted their parliament, and he is using a supreme chancellor-like ship power like Adolf Hitler did. Yes. And I don't think, as Americans, I don't think we need to ignore this. And if our politicians, if the U.S. politicians do not openly rebuke him and do not openly come out against him from both the Democrats and the Republicans, then we have a even more compromised government than we thought we did. Because anything that happens to Canada will affect us, just as anything that can happen in Mexico can affect us. I foresee if we ever got into that war, let's be hypothetical for a second, if we ever got into that conflict, that war around the world again, Justin Trudeau, as long as he remains in power, becomes the most credible threat to American democracy, the the Republic of America. Explain how the relationship goes, because people will say, well, Doug, he's Canada, we're America. He has no power over us. Well, because he'll be a landing platform for the communist Chinese. He already is. Oh, oh, well, he is, but it's not openly. That's the thing. There's a lot of subversiveness going on there, and there are military troops from China there. There yes. are plenty of their, their geopolitical opponents that are there, and we know that you know between not just America politi- American politicians but Canadians, uh, there is a huge influence from China there, and China's destroying their economy as well. If we allow that within our northern hemisphere, if we allow that within our northern area of operations of America— we have just allowed the enemy then to start setting up military bases right at our northern border. Yes. And that means a lot because, and, and you know, you have to talk about this hypothetically, and some people don't like it when we do that, but that is the way we plan and we strategize for these events. If Justin Trudeau breaks off everything that is normal and cannot be unrooted from power, and seizes power from the military, who is who is rebelling against him, even at the higher military ranks of officers, even the law enforcement. But you still have a large element there that are supporters of Trudeau, or they are just the guys who are saying, I'm just doing what I was told, just following orders. The latter, I think. And here's the problem. That mindset kills you eventually, or it has you killing other people. It's not a far cry to say that Russia and China will eventually merge into one superpower. It's not a far cry. Not to say that these two won't fight eventually, but for the meantime, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend, I can see them too forming a large conglomerate of a military force much like Gog and Magog, and then coming after the world in that manner. We are pushing them into that route, and then we're pushing Russia that way, but we're ignoring the real threat of China. China's influence is very detrimental to American geopolitics, and for our most northern neighbor to bend the knee to China's will and then to 
uh, idolize the dictatorship of China and then to start to even have the characteristics of it is extremely alarming. We already know the influences that China has and we already know the military influence that Russia and China has in Mexico. So what does that mean, Dave? That means we already know they're in Mexico. We already know that they're in Canada. But as long as Canada is still 80 to 70% free for now, it's not that big of a threat. But if this man sees overall control, that threat just skyrocketed. It's not too hard to see a Pinzer-like movement between two superpowers onto U.S. soil. We've always said that can never happen. We've always said that Red Dawn is theoretical. There's no practicality to it, but there really is. Uh, and, you know, you have some, uh, I can't say this on the show, you, you have some uh, very poorly influential people that are within Congress and that are uh, in the Pentagon who don't think that uh, Russia and China are as big of a threat as they really are. And then you have others who are saying they are the biggest threat in the world and we should immediately go to war with Russia right now and then completely ignore China. Yeah. So this is my problem. My problem is if Canadians do not take back their country, you would leave no choice for a right-minded American military to look at a first strike on Canada if Russia and China moves in. That's something I don't think we talk about, but don't think that is not on the menu. If Russia and China were to move any type of uh, greater multitude of forces into Canada, you would eventually force some sort of a military conflict between American military and the Canadian military along with whoever else is there supporting it for Russia and China. Because if Russia and China show up, it won't just be Russia and China. There'll be others there. Very interesting analysis. I know our mutual friend Steve Quayle believes Russia and China will team up to invade the United States. And we do have Chinese troops on both borders, and there are Russian troops within the United States that I have reported on frequently. I published pictures of them training at Fort Carson back in 2012. So this is, by the way, funny story. I was on, uh, it was called the Voice of Russia then. And they called me up one late afternoon about 5 p.m., left me a message. I tried to call back, no success. They called me at 9 p.m. my time. That's midnight where they were at on the East Coast. And this is a big organization. They had live radio stations in D.C. and also uh, New York. And they were on 30-some stations in Europe. And they said, we want you to come on because I was publishing about Russians in America. And I said, yeah, sure. When do you want me to come on? Uh, 5 a.m. your time tomorrow morning. <laughs> what? That's eight hours from now. Yeah, and you'll be on with our best interviewer. So I, I, I call, I, 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 they gave me a call-in number. So I call them at 5 a.m. and I get a producer. Now remember, this is a Russian organization, state-run media. And uh, they said, well, so-and-so, Sergi is sick and you'll be interviewing with his assistant. And this girl sounded like she was 13 years old and just got to puberty. And um, I knew why they were doing this because I'd been printing articles about Russia 
in the United States and so forth. And I knew they were trying to debunk me. So I, I did the Alex Jones, Pierce Bronson situation where I didn't let her get a word in. It was supposed to be a 20 minute interview. They kept me on for eight minutes. I think she probably said 20 words and uh, I just crucified. Later that day, they published the interview and they said extremist Dave Hodges. First time I actually saw that term and it was related to me. And um, so then I took that and I wrote an article up and I went even more into depth and told about the process. And they wrote to me and they said, well, we admit that we're state run media, but we don't do propaganda all the time. And in other words, going back 10 years, Doug, they were actively trying to persecute me to deny the fact they had Russian troops in the country, even though FEMA and the Russian foreign ministry signed this agreement in 2011. This was Obama. He brought the first Russian troops in our in our soil. So going back to, to this deal, I don't know how many Russians are here. I'm hearing it's in the thousands. I have no idea. But I do know there are significant Chinese on both borders and Russians internally. In fact, the Russians were even doing crowd control, Doug, back in gosh, 2012, uh, when the uh, Colorado Rockies Major League Baseball team had their AAA affiliate in Colorado Springs, the Russians were out there directing traffic so they could learn the culture and how to interact. They were training an, an occupation force is what they were doing. And uh, so, so yes, Red Dawn's very much alive. I've talked to people that have been at the joint training facilities in Honduras and El Salvador. I've talked to DEA that knows about this where they are training cartel uh, under the control of the Chinese and terrorists to be paramilitary groups in Honduras, El Salvador. Now they've been kicked out of El Salvador with their populist president. But when you say Red Dawn, you're in my old wheelhouse here and this is real. This is going to happen. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, we, we don't we don't speculate with ifs. Because when is more than likely the scenario? Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, just look at it like this: we have weakened ourselves as a nuclear superpower, and we have given ourselves over to extreme spirits of evil at this point. And these are the things that guide our country. You know, I mean, just look at the uh, the latest head. Uh, what was he? The uh, I don't know how to say this on radio. Uh, without being completely kicked off, but I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna do my best to breathe. Yeah, FCC. This. Remember the FCC's, you know, every move well, we make, every breath we take, they'll be watching us. <laughs> the new head of the, I guess I'm I'm not sure if this guy is I, I I'm not sure if this guy is a candidate or if he actually got selected as the new head of DOE, but for the Department of Energy, the one that they want in power. It's a guy named Sam Britton. Sam Britton is a drag queen openly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what you call his little fantasy where he has other men dress up as dogs and latex and leather and, and he, he walks them around. But that's who they want in charge of the nukes of America. For the love of Christ, what are we doing? Are we trying to lose the next war. Now, me, I as a as a veteran, I always keep that hat on. Uh, I, you know, I'm a man of many hats, uh, but the military side of my mind has never shut down. And I look at the people that we put in influential places of power, especially uh, supreme influential places of power like nukes, 
anything that involves nuclear weapons, and I go, who is this creature that you're trying to put in charge of our nuclear facilities? You cannot tell me that a most extreme leftist should be in charge of nuclear weapons Mm -hmm. or the uh, uh, nuclear facilities for power plants. It just, it boggles the mind at what direction Biden has taken this country, except not down the toilet. Look, we're, we're beyond fun and games with Biden. We're, we're beyond that. Where we're at now is the legacy of America. How will we be remembered after the fall of America? Will we go quietly into the night, or will we fire every single nuke and shoot every single bullet until there's no more blood that can be spilled? Because if we get into a war with Russia and China, you better bet your bottom dollar. Those are your only two options. China and Russia are brutal, brutal enemies. China will not just subjugate. They will annihilate everything and anything that stands in their way and any ideology that stands in the way of communism. Russia, on the other hand, will do the exact same thing I would say a lot of the reasons for it to be a bit of vengeance for the Cold War, but they want to be a superpower within themselves. And, you know, look at it like this, Dave. If America's politicians or if America is no longer a a supreme superpower of the world, then Russia doesn't have to worry about constantly potentially being... Now, ladies and gentlemen, we just had a little bit of glitch here, and so we've got Doug back. Doug, go ahead and pick up where you were at, please. Uh, Dave, it ceases to fail when me and you try to talk here. <laughs> the powers that be and what they do to keep us apart. I know, but hey, they won't defeat us. i got a backup system. That's what we're on. So let's go ahead and go back to what we were talking about here. Okay, so the point that I'm trying to make is that Russia and China are brutal enemies and that America is we are America's strength militarily is being weakened in every facet and by promoting someone like this Sam Britton and you people can go out and look for him yourself Sam B R I N T O N uh hide your kids if you go to view anything about this guy but the people that we are putting in these elements of power I, you can just see traitor all over this guy. You can just you, you can you can he oozes treason and un-American values, and it worries me, Dave, because I think eventually we are going to find ourselves in a war with Russia and China, whether we like it or not, and whether we want it or not. Uh, the powers that be obviously uh, want it, and we are going to experience it as Americans. You know, there's a lot of people who say that we're doomsdayers when we say this, Dave. Yeah, a lot I of people you. saying that that is is doomsday porn and all this crap. Look, a lot of you people who who think like that, bury your head in the sand, and good luck. The rest of us are going to we're going to focus on what are actual threat actors out there that aren't just within the American government. But it's the ones that are outside the American government who coerce the American government. That's the thing that worries me. We have so much coercion within our own government and with our own leaders, with these other powers, like you know, like what happened with Burisma in Ukraine and the Bidens, or Hillary selling uh, yellow cake uranium to the Russians, 
uh, or, or, you know, Canada and all this other crap with Wuhan. There is an obvious problem. That problem is obviously going to eventually lead to some sort of a physical conflict. The more we weaken our military, the more we weaken our resolve to be able to employ ourselves on the on many different theaters. And eventually the biggest theater, Dave, back to Red Dawn, is going to be America. My my concern growing lately is that whenever the Freedom Convoy for America starts to really take off, if Canada doesn't do the false flag, if Biden doesn't do the false flag in Ukraine to draw back, to throw the hooks back in Russia's mouth and draw them back in based off First Chronicles and Revelations of Gog and Magog, then I think that there's going to be that next level of false flag here in America. I say that to say this. It's been exposed that Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, to include Biden, all colluded together to spy on Trump as a candidate and then to spy on a sitting president. There are going to be legal ramifications for that. There are going to be prison sentences because of that. Many people say, oh, these people will escape justice no matter what. That may be true. But the small fish typically fry first before the big ones. I don't know what what Durham's whole uh, objective here is as who it is that he's trying to capture with the affidavits and who it is that he wants to prosecute. But to let slip this evidence, either Durham is on our side or this is something that's being put out right now purposely to set up the next false flag. I have to think conspiratorially at this point. I am forced to think conspiratorially at this fr- at this point. I'm trying to play 4D chess, or, or 4D chess, and the only way I can imagine this is that the the prefixes for the false flag came out because of the Durham report, and now we're going to have something happen in either America or it's going to be in Ukraine and bringing us into war with Russia. We've said this too many times, Dave. I know. When the Democrats are going to lose power, if they have the potential of losing the presidency, they're going to have a civil war in America or they're going to have a world war. I've said this before and I still stand by it. I think before 2024, we're going to have elements of civil conflicts in America that will lead to the next president being the second president to have ever been in a civil war in America. I'm going to give it back to you. Yeah, you just, you're right on the money. I could not agree with you more. This is the eventual landing spot. Hey, look, the bottom line is, the way I see it, the globalists are in absolute panic. The convoy has spread like the coronavirus and more to New Zealand, Australia, France. It's coming to the United States. But the spirit of rebellion is going global, totally global. And people are saying, we're not listening to your crap anymore, globalists. We, we don't believe in you. We don't believe you. The media lies. You people are just a bunch of heathen scum. And this is becoming a general consensus. You should see my email box. From all countries, I get email based on the, the broadcasts and articles I write. And, excuse me, the theme is always the same. It's always the same. We can't stand the people in power. And and some of them I dialogue with and I say, is this new or is this kind of long standing in your country? And they said, no, no, Dave, this is last three, four, five years. 
With Australia, they said they went back to gun control. That's the most common answer I get there where they confiscated their guns. So the people are rising up. I think they have no choice to start it, but to start a nuclear war, which was going to be the case with Ukraine. And now the Russians are withdrawing troops. Uh, <laughs> Zelensky's having a holiday tomorrow, the day CNN and Biden predicted the Russians were going to invade. And he's mocking Biden for making it worse and costing a half a billion dollars in investment income from coming into Ukraine. And he said this publicly. And so they failed to start a nuclear war. I think their next step, their false flag is going to be what's raging through China. And I have good reason to believe it's hemorrhagic fever plus smallpox to exaggerate the spread. And hemorrhagic fever, as defined by Anthony Fauci in 2011, is Ebola. And I believe this is what's going through um, China. Bob Griswold believes that the athletes are going to be infected. And there's a pretty good incubation period there of about 10 days. And you come back and it's going to spread. That's Bob's thing. I think this was meant to be the doomsday weapon and it actually leaked out and wasn't supposed to. But here's what I think, Doug. Do you agree? They have no choice now but to enact a massive population uh, false flag depopulation. I think that's coming. Uh, and the incubation rate for Ebola is speculative. Whenever I worked for the government, it was 14 days, and uh, most recently I heard it could be up to 60 days. Yeah, I've heard that too. So, you know, the science is not is not uh, conclusive on that. So, you know, e even so, 14 days, it takes 24 hours to get from one side of the world to the other by a plane. I've, take, I've done it a couple times. Uh, so, you know, there's plenty of time for that. But, you know, you think it's going to be hemorrhagic fever, and I think it's going to be civil war. I think we could both find ourselves down the same route based off of similar experiences that will happen in this country. And I say that to say this. Hillary Clinton, America's political darling, said – now, I, I, I can't Your political say, darling. <laughs> I, I can't say verbatim, but – she said, if that effing person wins, we all hang from nooses. Yes. Lauer's finished. And if I lose, it's all on your heads for screwing this up. You better fix this stuff. And that was the election, right? So we're going to talk about real quick why I think the pending uh, civil war is coming. Because when, it ex when this expose of theater is done... If no one prosecutes these people, Americans will be forced to do something. I'm not going to say what they're going to do, but Americans will be forced to do something. We could do our own honking invasion, as Canada did, and it could expose everything. Now, Tom Fitton, he's a, uh, he's a right. media guy. He's, he's always out there on Fox News. I like Tom Fitton a lot. Great guy. He tweeted out something that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repeat. Because I think it, it has a lot of principle to it. He said, and this is in regards to the spying on Trump, okay? He said, Obama knew, Clinton knew, Biden knew, James Comey knew, Brennan knew, the head of CIA, McCabe knew, Strzok knew, Clapper knew, Schiff knew, the FBI knew, the Department of Justice knew, the CIA knew it. The State Department knew it. They all knew Trump was innocent, but they smeared and spied on him. And worst, 
the scandal is the worst scandal in the nation's history, and Trump is a victim of crime. But will Trump ever see any type of... Uh, hmm, will he see any justice from that? Or will the American voter, who was rightly cheated, see any justice from that? More than likely not. Not from this government. So that will force Americans, if we go into another lockdown, that will force Americans to get out, to break mandates, and that will force this dystopian president to act very much like Trudeau. Because we already know now that Trudeau and the American government are colluding together on how to render our services to Canada to help with their problem. Now, what's to say that Canada can't come down here and, and help the American government with the next honking invasion? I think we are we're living on the edge right now of something that we all knew was eventually going to happen. And hey, we talk about war in uh, in the Ukraine as a false flag. Uh, the White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan, the guy banking uh, banging the drums of war over Ukraine, has now been leaked to a spying operation against President Trump and the Senate Republicans are still thinking about funding Biden's regime. We have a problem on both sides of the aisle, Dave. Both sides of the aisle. You get no this, argument from me on that. They're all prostitutes that drink from the same trough. Yeah, this this soon-to-be future atrocity of what used to be America, if it can be thwarted, it is now. I'm not saying we can stop prophecy. I'm not saying we can slow down prophecy. I'm saying that if we have a decision to make about our freedom and about the way our country is going to be ran, the time for the decision is now. The time for the speculations is over. The evidence is in front of us. What do we do with it now? Do we as Americans have the Constitution to go forth with what our forefathers said uh, for the reason for the Declaration of Independence? I think we need to uh, completely abolish the way that we do politics. I really do at this point. Our politicians have failed us across the whole. That's not every Republican. I, I don't even want to say that's not every Democrat, but, you know, I'm, I'm forced to because if you align yourself with the Democrats, well, you know, I mean, even the, the quote, good SS officer still belong to the SS. So we're, we're in a crossroads now, a very tumultuous uh, crossroads. And I think the midterms that are going to be happening this summer are going to show what direction Americans want this country to go, and that's when it's going to happen. That's when something, the next narrative will be brought up, the next episode of False Flags will start to occur. It's so hard to react because it's so many different levels you just hit on. It's so hard to react to that. But but I do think, let me ask you this. What do you think is going to happen first? Pandemic of a real lethal variety, civil war, World War Three, combination of simultaneous events. What do you think is going to happen? Active shooters. That's what I think. Okay, but that's, think that's more... It's along the lines of um, civil disruption. No, 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 no. Think of Scalise. Oh, you mean MS-13 cartel take out your leaders type? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. We already have we already have members that are Democrats on the January 6th commission who are saying that they are fearing for future assassinations of political leaders in America. That is building the narrative. Yeah, see, I agree with that. Yeah. You see, these people, they build a narrative every time something is aired or something is recorded and then put to words so that we can all read it. They build this narrative to the eventuality of, oh, look at this tragedy. Well, we've been talking about it for so long, now the tragedy happened. Even though the tragedy, more than likely, will be a not a hoax event, but a fabricated event. I believe more in fabrication than I do conspiracy. Right. That's that's the route. If you look at the history of America from, you know, post-industrial revolution, we will fabricate ourselves into the next situation and politicians do it constantly. Mhm. You know, even with the Civil War. You know, there's there's a lot of confusion about the Civil War, but a lot of it had to do about taxes. But it led into an eventual war with that. One day I'll get into that. But there's too many things moving right now for us to really pinpoint what is going to be the next big event or who's going to be the next doomsday or out there. I'm just saying that we should prepare and expect it. It's, um... So you think assassinations come before everything else. Okay, let's put that in there, okay? Um, that would Major. certainly be a destabilizer, I agree. What comes after that? Hmm. Consolidation of power. Consolidation so you're of looking at a post-Reichstag event type of scenario. Yeah, where one you, side if, tries to kill off the other and then they take complete control and centralize everything. Is that what you're saying? To me, that's the elements that I go off of mm -hmm. because because they're the elements that worked. And if it worked in history, then it can be repeated again. With the Reichstag fire, it was something that they created themselves. And then you had the Night of the Long Dies when they took out all their you know supposed enemies. And then you had Kristallnacht where they... You know, it was either it was a it was a 17 year old Polish boy who killed a, a lower ranking SS member who was an officer uh, because his family was deported or because he was paid by Himmler to do it. All right. That's the two working theories that historians have. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, if history is anything like Mark Twain tells us, even though sometimes it doesn't repeat itself, it does rhyme. And there there to me is a lot of shades of Nazism happening. There's a lot of shading of uh, Hitlerist tactics that are being used. And, you know, if it if it worked previously, why not use it again? You know, and it, it's something that the Democrats say all the time. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. Right. You know, and the crisis and look, ladies and gentlemen, they've already been building it with the way that they just put out the new DHS terrorism uh, bulletin labeling anyone who talks against the government as an enemy, anyone who has a different opinion as an enemy, anyone putting out misinformation, disinformation, malinformation as the enemy, anyone who's against COVID is the enemy, anyone who thinks differently of COVID is the enemy. Right. When your government says that your free-thinking citizens are the enemy, they are now the enemy. That is the world that we live in right now. So really, honestly, Dave, it's up to them 
the elites. It's up to them to choose what is the best route for their next fabricated false flag. I think most of these things, like a civil war, <coughs> excuse me, I think most of these things like a civil war, they start with small conflicts, they build into larger conflicts, and then eventually there has to be a consolidation of power from the government to handle and uh, stabilize a conflict. But with America, that's not going to happen too well because they're going to spin this completely out of control. In America, we have been talking about civil war for decades, and people have been preparing for civil war for decades. It's the reason why I talk about it so much. I don't want civil war, Dave, and you don't want civil war. I don't want war, period. You know, I'm, I'm a dad with four kids, and I live on a small farm. What the hell do I want war for? I'm trying to raise chickens and turkeys. So you know, I, that's not anything that I, I want. But that's what they want, because eventually it comes down to power and control. And they will do whatever. The, and when I say they, I mean anyone who is like-minded of a dictator, an authoritarian, these evil people. They will always do what their characteristics are. They will always try to seize power. And it's always through the barrel of a gun, yeah. as Mao Zedong said. We have... Uh... I think clearly exposed this fact, Doug. This is what I'm hearing. If I were connecting dots in this conversation, I would say that what you've arrived at, and I've been somewhat in support of it, um, is that there's going to be destabilization, and then what happens next is a matter of what's convenient, and they're probably working off multiple flow charts. That's what I think you're saying. And um, I, I happen to agree. So now we just got to wait to see how this plays out. I wish we had time to talk about uh, how Canada is going to influence us because I do think that right now Biden's administration is definitely deciding how they're going to handle the Canadian situation and do it differently. Hey, Doug, in the time left, tell people how they can follow your good work. All right, so you can go to uh, Global Star Radio. Uh, my show is the American Vindicta Show. On Global Star, it's just American Vindicta. Uh, it's uh, 11 p.m. to midnight Eastern time, Monday to Friday. We have a lot of really good guests. Uh, uh, we have some pretty good topics that we talk about on there. So please check out the show and uh, spread it if you like it. GSRadio.net is where you go. And at the bottom, it's click podcast, and you'll see the archives there. It's a great show. I'm telling you, it's gaining a lot in popularity. And your website is? Uh, AmericanVindictorShow.com. AmericanVictorShow.com and uh, everything there you need to know about the show is there and present. Uh, Doug, excellent stuff tonight, really. I mean, seriously. Uh, I wished we could answer more questions, but we're just not at that point. But I think we've laid out the framework. And, uh, and you're going to make me go, and I'm going to actually do a flow chart tomorrow where I'm going to lay out the different scenarios as we discussed and say, okay, what happens next? Do they go this way? I think there's probably about four ways they could go. Anyway, that's another topic for another time. Thanks for joining us. Good stuff, my friend. All right, man. Take care.